Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. What about f***ing Colin? Why does he not have a f***ing job? Because he's still being white balls. Why is Tom not speaking out about that? He should be his biggest f***ing ally. And he hasn't said one f***ing thing. A lot of people that have come on this show, I don't know why, they've gotten some good f***ing jobs afterwards. Jim Rome in the jungle. It's right here in the sports deli, baby. We got some good ass karma right here. Let's fucking go. I love <laughs> oh, man. it. I love it. We hope you enjoy today's show. Everybody. Hey, everyone. We're so honored today on this 30th day of Historic Bridge Awareness Month to be joined by some historic guests against a systemic problem going on at Riverside City College for more than two decades. Alicia Berber, head women's basketball coach at Riverside City College, is embroiled in her second lawsuit against the college for a number of things that you can read on my website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Scroll halfway down and click the Title IX photograph that you see there, and you can read the lawsuit, which is going to be amended shortly because of recent events that we will talk about today. And we have a number of people here today Joining us from Judy Sweet, a Title IX trailblaze her, and the first female president in the history of the NCAA, Elizabeth Galloway McQuitter, president of Legends of the Ball and one of the pioneers of professional women's basketball. As she was a player in the first ever women's professional basketball league, the original W, the WBL, the Women's Basketball League, Carol Stiff, whose influence at ESPN for 31 years is unprecedented in the world of women's sports programming as the women's sports programming vice president at ESPN. Cheryl Miller joining us for the third time, the GOAT of women's basketball, but with regards to Alicia, and in this case has been the GOAT as a friend in these unbearable conditions that have left Alicia exhausted and her days excruciating to navigate. Mary Azarto Chiampa, Founder of Women X joins us today as well as Tiffany Bullock, Chief Operating Officer of Women X. Jim Stresser is also joining us, co-owner of Cali Strong, former owner of Converse, hugely responsible for the acquisition of Converse by Nike. Doug Feinberg from the Associated Press. And of course, Alicia Berber, head women's basketball coach at Riverside City College, is joining us today. Alicia, always good to see you. I wish it was under different circumstances, but thanks for coming on today to again update us on what's been transpiring and to continue to show everyone how strong you are through everything that you've been good through. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Judy. Hi, Sarah. Hi there. Yeah, that's coach. That's Ooh. the other thing that I wanted to you know, say at some point, if not several times on here, was um, even if we got not one person from the national or international uh, community to uh, support this, uh, you know as well as I do that it's important that uh, you have allies in this fight because it just helps you get that shot in the arm that you need to at least get through the day. Absolutely, because you can't, you can't carry the load by yourself, kid. You just can't, coach. I'm, I'm sorry. And there's... Everybody sometimes just needs to have a, a pick me up and to be able to lean on somebody. So well, I need another one today because. So Alicia, you did a great job on the Women's Sports Network. You Absolutely. were very poised. And I know there were a lot of other things that you could have said that right. had been included, but 
I thought you did a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. One of the one of the ladies on there she says, man, um, I don't know how you kept it together. Right. You know, how you, I guess, said not so nice things, but said it in a nice way. Yeah. I just refuse to lower myself to their level. That's good. That's good. Well, you can't because that's that's not your character. That's not your faith. That's not how you were raised. And you always, always have to rise above, you know, BS. And that's what they're full of right now. And yeah. it's an unhealthy, toxic culture that needs to be blown up. It needs to be blown up, period, period. And so we need to surround you with people who are ready to like, you know what? Sit this one out, coach. Let us like, let us, you know, get into the fight. Roll up our today. Alicia, what happened today? Well, today, um, well, first of all, we have an agreement uh, per the athletic director's, um, I guess, orders or direction that if the female and male uh, basketball teams want to get extra shots up beyond their classroom time or practice time, the gym is available from 7 to 9 a.m. every day. And half of the court, which is a main court and two side baskets and on same on the other side, if the women are in here um, and the men are in here together, um, we can share the court. Well, my uh, one of my guards came in, arranged it with one of my assistant coaches. My assistant coach was here, opened the facility, did everything we were supposed to. And then the men's assistant coach, the one who started harassing us during practice, he came over and started helping her with the shooting machine and a couple of the men's players um, started helping her, but she said, coach, it was just really just weird. And then all of a sudden, one of the other men's players starts yelling out, oh, if we come in here, you know, we get in trouble and we can't do this. And, you know, yelling like earshot of her. And she says, coach, I did what you, you know, you tell me I didn't, I didn't respond back to them. I kept it professional and I just kept hearing them as I was, you know, utilizing the shooting machine. And then finally the assistant coach came up to her and started interrogating her. Well, where's your coach? Where's coach day? And um, well, two of my coaches right now, um, they're, they're married and they just had a little newborn baby. So, um, they just literally brought the baby home, you know, two days ago. So they're, they have a baby. I mean, they're taking care of their duties and my other assistant coach is still with me and we follow all these protocols. And for this assistant coach to sit there and interrogate my player, which is Shannon Jordan, the kid that was on the podcast, one of the other times they picked the wrong, they picked the wrong student athlete to mess with because she said, coach, he just kept asking me, well, where's your coach? What are you doing? Where's um, coach day? And it's, it's not up to the assistant coach to sit there and interrogate um, my student athlete and making her feel uncomfortable when she has the right to be in the gym. And so every morning when I come, I hope for the best that I don't have to sit down at the computer and spend a half an hour on an email describing the harassment of now one of my student athletes. So now when I get out of practice, after we're done here today, when I get out of practice, I have to spend my time and describe that incident this morning when it was completely unnecessary. So the beef goes on. Yeah. Sorry, coach. Uh, I want to ask the question that Judy asked or Judy, if you want to ask it, you can, because I think this is a good time to ask that question because we're all, I can't even imagine the, um, uh, the internal, um, anger that's brewing the second you wake up in the morning, 
Like it's not like you know, occasionally you have something that like triggers you because you know you work in a system of you know politics and men's sports and women's sports and intersections and no, this is like the second you wake up, like you say, you're trying to have a positive attitude and you're faced with these kinds of things inevitably every single day. And um, you know, Mary, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi. But uh, the, for all your work. Go, yeah, thank you so much. But yeah, um, Judy, do you want to ask that question or do you want me to? Because I'm happy to. Go ahead. So, um, Alicia, we asked this question before you came on about your lawyer. Um, and it's no disrespect to Dan, but you know, I asked you this question the other day about whether or not you feel like it's going as quickly and in the direction that you want it to do in, in terms of expediting it. Um, and getting it at the forefront and getting the attention that it deserves uh, because I can feel myself getting riled up again. Uh, so I just want to make sure that I ask the question and put my emotions over there on the shelf. But, you know, do you feel like it's going in a direction that you, you want it to go as quickly as you want it to go? No, no. And, and, you know, after my first lawsuit, I was so impatient with every email, with every document, with every... Um, mediation and judgment from the judges and attorneys. And um, I was, I was really, I was really not in a good place that first lawsuit. So I'm really trying to be very um, mindful that the holidays are coming up and that things are not going to work fast because everybody, you know, has other cases or they're moving at their pace. And so I don't get riled up and make myself sick. I'm trying to just pace myself and he's amending the lawsuit but it's it's every day there's something and like I shared with you the other day I'm so scattered because there's yeah. so much every single day it's not like oh Monday something happened and then I can document it like you know what just happened this morning it's unnecessary and now it's going to take more more of my time and earlier this morning I had to go get blood work done I wasn't even feeling good now now I'm starting it's it's kicking my butt because normally any coach would say we go, go, go. And at the end of the season, we just crash. I feel like coaches at the end of the season, we all just crash. That's like normal. our, our body finally says no, but I have never felt this much turmoil since the lawsuit internally to where I'm begging my doctor, like I need vitamins. I need something. So I had to go do blood work. I am, I wasn't feeling good this morning and I, I, I made a decision. Like I said, I'm trying to be very deliberate in my actions. And I was laying there and I said, so I just call in. So I do the podcast from home. Do I just call in on my players? We have a tournament starting tomorrow. We just had a game last night. And I got up, took DayQuil and just did it. And I think that thing that, that got me even more motivated is every time my daughter sees me put this shirt on, which is pretty often. I feel like we have a hundred of them in the house. She's getting ready for school and she had one of her high school shirts on. And then I, I'm just watching her get ready and she goes and changes her shirt and she's wearing this shirt today. So that was enough for me to say, let's go. So Alicia, I have a couple questions for you. Mm -hmm. The same attorney that you had for your other lawsuit. Yes. Is he doing this pro bono? Yes. So, so if a settlement comes, then he gets yeah. a portion yeah. of it. Yep. 
but that makes it less likely that this is the top of his priority list. Right. So the other question that I asked earlier has reached out to the chancellor of the community college system. I know that Mike said that he had done that. I don't know if, I don't think my attorney's done that. Um, I know that we had talked, um, who, you and I talked about um, the 3C2A. They won't, they won't even um, turn the college in for violations um, because they said they're an affiliate school and they don't want to get involved in litigation, but they have a duty to our corporate, the policies or the, the laws of our. And head. otherwise they, they've turned the blind eye. They don't want to be involved. Right. They don't want to like sit up there and do their jobs. Yeah, they don't. You need to go to the chancellor of the system. And I don't know if your attorney is the right person to do it, or we need to do a letter writing campaign, but don't mess around with the Community College Athletic Association. They're not going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. The only the only ones, obviously, that have helped me is just, obviously, it's a 3C2A, and then the women's basketball portion of it, they have helped me, because when we went to the state, you know, they wore the shirts and unity and we created this Women in Sports Day, which coaches are starting to order shirts from me. And that part of it we have done. And I hear all of their stories, terrible, terrible stories. Judy, I can't tell you, I feel so overwhelmed. I don't even know who to call. Yeah, to do. No, that's understandable. So that's why we want to try to help you. Yeah, we're 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 gonna. Well, I am. I can't speak for anyone else, but uh, there's been a lot of calls, uh, you know, and people that are either interested in finding out more about it, doing their due diligence, vetting you and the situation before they put their name behind it, or they are absolutely 100% going to put their name behind it because this is not just about you. It is, but it's about um, women and girls and Title IX and the next 50 years. And so, you know, why why don't you just brief people um, for those of you that haven't listened to the first two podcasts regarding this uh, lawsuit, Title IX <clears throat> retaliatory lawsuit at Riverside City College, and let them know exactly how you've endured this harassment and violations of Title IX for more than 20 years. You know, and it, it you know what I thought of yesterday, and I don't know this is a bad analogy, uh, Judy, you can probably remember this, um, and Cheryl, you know, I thought of Billy Martin. And you know when an umpire throws yes. a manager out of the game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the manager is going to get their money's worth. They don't just walk away. No, they, they run out they, and they start you know, kicking the dirt on you kicking know, the, the Kicking yeah. the dirt and screaming yeah. and cussing yeah. and doing whatever yeah. they got to do. And this yeah. is what it feels like. It feels like they are just doubling down mm -hmm. any chance they get and throwing mm -hmm. dirt on mm -hmm. the home plate. Absolutely. And they are completely, completely disregarding uh, mm -hmm. and the law and moving the goalposts. And well, that's that's where I have a problem with it. My, my, Michael, I, I have to interrupt you. And I, I won't. I'm supposedly not supposed to say names. But if they don't fire that, that incompetent, something's wrong with them. And it starts with him and move it down and move it up because he's because he's incompetent. I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying to be a Christian. I think, I think yeah. a few things going on here. One is the retaliation and one is Title IX violations. And I don't know if anybody has reached out to the Office of Civil Rights. That's a good point. 
regarding that's your a great point judy you know what you are spot on you're right about that i will uh tiffany thanks for joining us today thank you for having me from women Hi, x tiffany. also uh but go ahead alicia and then tell i told everyone before you came on also about what the athletic director did to be complicit to the legal practices uh with the men's program uh right in front of you as you walk by and sort of you know snickered at them and were sarcastic but i probably would have been too if not more yeah on 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 monday and here's another thing like i was saying i have to email and i have to document and it takes time away from my day and i was just going through the uniforms in our team room because we're getting ready for the coaches versus cancer and so the equipment guy and i were working together on that and i just went over to the team room and i started working on that and i realized man it's kind of late for the men to be in here and they were at the tail end of their practice they practice from 145 to 350. And if you guys were on the first, second podcast, we talked about how they are right there at 140 waiting at the door and, you know, the throwing the balls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was videotaping them through like a corner of the door because they keep telling me videotape, Alicia, videotape. Like, I guess I have to show proof my word is nothing. So I'm videotaping at the corner of the door so we can see timestamp that the men are still in there working out. And that day was constant harassment during my practice because on the mezzanine level, they kept parading up and down, up and down. So I actually pulled my play practice early. I said, that's it. I'm, I'm done with this. I can't, I can't do this. They were waiting right at the door and they jumped in. So they started practice at like 125. So they got more time. That's 15 They're, extra minutes. 15 extra minutes. They got right. in there early. They got what they wanted. I was done. So I'm over in the team room messing with the uniforms and I, and it's now it's almost four o'clock and they're supposed to be out of there at three 50 and the AD just happens to be standing down the hallway and he stands and he says, good afternoon. And I said, good afternoon. I said, hurry. And I, I'm always, I always keep it professional, but this time I was just, I guess, being silly. I said, hurry, hurry, go get you the men out silly. of their practice. You weren't being silly. I said, get out of practice, go get the men out of practice right now. They're going over on their time. Hurry, hurry, go get them. And he just looked at me and then looked down at his phone and I just, I left. And he, he stood there knowing they were going past their time and all these emails with the president and the dean of students and talk about everybody better be at their practice time and get out of their practice time. But see, nobody comes in after them. So they have been going over their time. So they get more practice time. That they make part. sure that we're out at 140. And how is that fair? How is that equal? And nobody's holding them accountable. So they have a violation. It's just another one. Right. How long have you been working on your retaliation lawsuit? When did that start? July of 21 is when it was filed. And then my attorney just keeps amending everything that just keeps happening. But it's my understanding that from just the union and people talking around campus that this attorney that's representing the district is set on destroying me because nobody else could do it and outweighting me and outlasting me and wearing me down like the first lawsuit wasn't enough when I lost my house and I lost other things this guy wants to completely destroy me and um word on the street has it that um any kind of settlement talks according to like union and you know other faculty that are talking because everybody talks about it 
that um, they want my resignation. Well, they're underestimating you, obviously. True that. Can you tell everybody also about what happened with regards to the um, paper trail when it comes to the documentation oh, of the gosh. gym rental uh, and the uh, your um, protocol to secure the gym versus what the men supposedly yes. did or did not do? Because that's an important, most recent situation. So on Monday, again, Monday was the day, um, right before the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, my lawyer was going over emails and he said, I really don't like how the interim president is almost alluding to the fact that you're lying or you didn't you didn't do the proper protocol. And in the email, she states that I independently took my Title IX event that we had on October 15th and moved it to a high school when they were willing to help me. But this didn't go through the president's leadership team and so on and so forth. And um, he didn't like that. And he said, Alicia, I want you to find something there on campus. Let me know if you have something in the system that shows that your stuff was reserved. And like I said, my mind is in so many directions. And I thought, who can help me? Well, the, the lady that works the entire college system, that you cannot reserve a facility for any special event unless it goes through the president's leadership team. And when it goes through that, it gets approved. Our athletic director, it is time stamped at 4.27 a.m. on July 24th. He submits my Title IX event for October 15th from 3 to 9.30 p.m. And August 2nd, it gets approved. So that means the president's leadership team approved for me to have this event. And I remember having conversations with him because in March, we spoke way back in March, and he says, Alicia, I really got to get this in. We can adjust the times later because we were working with the Women's Drew League and we had to see when the ladies could play. So I was able to get from this facilities um, director that our stuff was submitted on July 24th. And they kept insisting that the men's scrimmage, basketball scrimmage was in the gym and they had it in there before me and there's nothing they can do, but um, you can do your game at four. My game, that's what they called it, my game. Not an event, not a celebration for Title IX, my game. That's how they were real dismissive. And I said, well, the equity dean and I want to do it at noon. We're going to have Cheryl Miller, Annie Myers, which we did. When everything went great at the high school. And then she even went a step further. I said, when was the men's scrimmage submitted in there? Oh, here we go. October 5th, 10 days before the event. So mine was in there and approved on July 24th. And they put it in October 5th just to cover themselves. But I don't think they realized that I, I don't know if I say I know people, that I'm nice to people, but the facility lady gave me proof and emailed it to me. And they all lied to me. And what made it even worse is that another athletic staff, when I asked him to put my dates in, he said, there's got to be a protocol for that. I can't just put your dates in the facility. But he is the one sole person on that date stamp thing that did it for the men. So mine was, yeah, mine was scheduled July 24th and approved. And so she wanted to make it sound like I went rogue or something that I just took my event and took it away from the college and and I had to make a decision in early September because, I mean, come on, I have Cheryl Miller. Like, she's got to know the schedule. Annie Myers has got to know the schedule. She's always traveling. We had, you know, um, the Clipper, uh, Daryl, and we had food trucks, and we had a camp, and we had all these. D-League players, players the D-League players. <laughs> oh. 
the um, Drew League players were all there. The CEO of the Drew League, um, Tanisha Ware Daniels. I had all these people that I had to put together in one space on October 15th to organize this event. And so I didn't have time to keep playing games with the athletic director because he kept telling the Dean of Equity, well, I don't know what we can do. The men's uh, scrimmage is scheduled and, and it's already set in stone. And he lied and she has that on email. So now I got to hunt her down, share the email and basically blast the president of the college about what she did. What she did and blasted me on an email alluding to the fact that I just did my own thing. Doug uh, Feinberg from the Associated Press, thanks for joining us today. Um, I want to pause for a second and just see if Mary or Tiffany or uh, Coach Feinberg uh, has any questions for you, Alicia, with regards to this. Um, and again, thank you for joining us today. Hi. I don't have any specific questions. I'm just here to support you, and I've been following uh, the case. Annie Myers sent it uh, to us a while ago, um, so we've been following it. And yeah, we're just here to support you. We um, do education on college campuses and to women in sports and leaders to help just advocate for people like you who are really just living the inequity uh, every day and we just want to be here and support you i'm sorry you're going through this thank you thanks mary jim stresser is also joining us today from cali strong doug any questions uh, tiffany please feel free to chime in i wonder how jim will survive two years of covid not doing a zoom right i mean <laughs> that's my I, question I, yeah I, honestly i just jumped in late so i feel bad asking something that's already been talked about here so let me catch up a little bit Please before uh, I ask anything. Yeah, so uh, we basically have uh, talked about some of the recent events that have gone on uh, at Riverside City College. And there just seems to be, like I said earlier, um, a Billy Martin effect going on here where the manager has been thrown out and they are now throwing dirt all over home plate and doubling down. And it's been 20 plus years of lies, harassments, abuses, Title IX violations, retaliatory behavior. And most recently, um, you know, I think the, the thing that comes to my mind, uh, Alicia, and correct me if I'm wrong, is on a daily basis, you have to wonder if the men, uh, in terms of the men's basketball program, there to uh, throw balls against the door to harass you violently, if they're going to be up in the mezzanine level, um, intimidating you, uh, waiting for you to get out of the gym, uh, and clearly you don't have support. Is there anyone that supports you uh, in the athletic department or in the administration at all? Because it just seems like, you know, uh, across the board, there's not one person that supports you. I mean, Doug, I don't know if you read the lawsuit, um, but, you know, Alicia's been run off the road. I mean, th th it's, it's a litany. It's an endless uh, amount of things that she's gone into on this show and in the lawsuit that are unbearable uh, situations that she's had to deal with during two plus decades uh, being at her alma mater uh, where she's in the hall of fame and but you know on a day-to-day -day basis you know it's just exhausting to say the least i don't even have another word for it but uh, she didn't want to get up this morning she had to take day quill to get through the day her daughter put on the shirt that a lot of us wear equality in women's sports and that uh, moved her emotionally to get up and you know go about her day because her daughter put on that shirt and but it's not easy to get up every day when you know you're basically 
gaslit every single day, several times a day with regards to this kind of situation. So, and Doug, I don't know, you know, what, what you've reported on in terms of this space, but it's nice to have an older white man like yourself and myself, uh, at least to educate yourself on the 50th anniversary of Title IX, um, you know, regarding this kind of situation that you probably know better than I do along with Judy, that this stuff still goes on and it's beyond unacceptable. So I don't know if that's a good summary of where we've been today so far, but um, that's sort of where we are. So Doug, jump in anytime you want. And if you have any questions, feel free, because anything goes. We've talked about her lawyer, uh, her pro bono lawyer. I know Alicia has reached out to a second lawyer. She told me that the other day. I've reached out to uh, Lizzie Vogel, lead counsel for the National Women's Law Center. Uh, she wanted to be here today, but she was busy. M.A. Um, Vopel from ESPN is hip to the story, as is Jamel Hill, Jay Billis, and a number of others. Jim did Hill. Did you reach yeah. out to Arthur Bryan? Yes, yes, I did. Oh, I did too. I Yeah, we both did um, a couple of times. I haven't heard back yet, though. Him and, um, and Donna Lupiano, they're like super not, you know, they're not taking mine lightly, but they're like super busy. I know at one point Donna was flying to Hawaii for a case and, you know, they're super yeah. busy superheroes fighting fighting that i know one of the things that um that a lot of people may have seen on the women's sport network um last time we didn't talk about this here because it happened i think right after or i don't know if we talked about it where the men were violently throwing the balls at the door we yelling at me it. to get out and um from that time i had asked the um the dean that's a dean of students because he says, well, Alicia, I can't get involved in employment issues, but you know, the students, we can discipline them. Well, after that event or situation happened, the Dean of Kinesiology went down and talked to the men in their locker room and the, the Dean of, of Conduct felt that that was good enough. And that the reason they weren't gonna have, continue to have a police presence because it wasn't a good look to be surrounding the athletes with that. And I said, well, that's my safety. I said, because these guys are out of control. And I said, what about the kid that got in my face and yelled at me and said, I see you coach. I see you coach, like threatening me. The same kid that's yelling at me, why do you have to be so mean in the hallway? And he said, well, he goes, we didn't, we didn't meet with him individually because we felt when we met with the team um, and he didn't, the Dean of conduct didn't even meet with them. The Dean of kinesiology did. Well, that same kid haven't even reported this yet because there's just so much every day we were getting ready to leave on November 18th up north for a tournament. And that same kid pokes his head in our bus where we're getting ready to leave and said, oh, who's in here? So it's that same kid. Now here's a third time, a third incident with this same kid. And they know who the kid is, but they don't want to do anything about it. And, you know, my girl started yelling, you better back away from this bus. Today's not the day. And the kid just, you know, walked away, but he feels emboldened entitled right. to do whatever he wants because the dean of conduct here on campus didn't even talk to him and um today because i had such yesterday we had a game here and instead of the men being gone at 3 50 when the teams come in at four o'clock they were all sitting on the table the scores table they were all sitting on the visiting bench and they're just making their presence known so i took a quick picture of them because i guess that's what the administration wants me to do like show them their time stamps and um and that's what i have to start my game with yesterday nobody does anything and they they feel 
they feel that they can just do whatever they want. See, this is where, this is where like, Michael, I'm, I'm done. It's a wrap for me. It's an absolute wrap for me because you're putting Coach Berber in harm's way. And so you're going to wait till she is hurt, brutalized, and then you want to do something? Oh, no. It's a wrap for me from top to bottom. Enough is enough because I don't need to lose one of my good friends over nonsense. And this is nonsense. Alicia, do any of the women on your team have any kind of relationship with the men's basketball players? Yes. So I've always encouraged them to um, have the college experience that although I have differences with the coaches, I don't want them to not be supportive or because, you know, I, I told them, I said, some of you might be dating the men's player because I don't get involved in their whatever, their personal um, dealings. And uh, but now that now the ladies are starting to see, they said, coach, there's uh, there's actually the kids are starting to talk to each other. Now the girls are coming back and telling me that there was a couple kids that stuck their neck out when the men's coach said, stay away from the women, stay away from, you know, coach Berber, don't speak to her. Don't, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. And a couple of the men's players said, coach, like we like coach Berber. We, we, we don't have a problem with coach Berber. Well, if you talk to her, then you won't play for me. So what caused the men's coach to be so, negative about you so for 12 years that he's been here he has gotten his way about everything right he was the only person that I spoke to in the department he was new I knew his history he's coached with at UCLA he coached at San Francisco he coached in Nebraska he was a well-known coach and um we had a, a cordial relationship because I was doing all the work right I was doing all the work that we needed to do for kinesiology um, I was just doing all the work and he had a real comfortable situation because he had his practice time early in the afternoon because he had a commute to LA where he lives. And I am just so exhausted to have my kids here at eight in the morning till six, seven o'clock at night for the last 12 years, including myself, because they just get the prime time practice time. So I made an agreement with him that we were going to bump our practice time to 1130. Oh, okay. 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 Well, what he didn't realize when we did that, the class time is two hours and 15 minutes. So he, he counted on me getting out early and accommodating him and his commute, but I was using my practice time. So that kind of sparked him a little bit. And then all of a sudden he called me one day and this was, gosh, this was last spring. And he said, uh, you're becoming the pariah of athletics. Stop effing with people's livelihood. And you need to just basically put your head down and win games. And I couldn't believe that he was saying that to me. I have never done anything to him negatively. He has violated every rule known to mankind. I know it, but it's not my job to police him. I am not his boss. I was going to do my youth camp in july like i've done for the last six seven eight years even even longer than that since he was here he didn't want to do the youth camp and he decided that this year and he wrote it in email i'm not taking my team over to huntley gym because it's too effing hot he typed that in an email with the administrators so he wasn't going to adjust and then his email was well this year's a new year so he really just like became like combative because he wasn't getting his way. 
And then it just kept going. And then what really sparked all this other behavior was when we started school at the end of August, when his assistant coach was just bringing the team in, in the middle of my class time, my practice time. And I, and I didn't even kick him out. I said, just guys, just give me a minute. And the assistant coach just kept waving the guys in. And I said, give me a minute. And he kept, he goes, it's 1.30. So we're not done. Kept waving him in. And then I got a louder tone and I said, get out. And then the men's players looked at me like, oh, this lady's serious. So then they left. And then the next day it happened again. This time the assistant goes, see, I told you. And so here comes the head coach out. He looks at me and I said, we're not done. Give me a minute. And we just kind of have this silent stare down. He turns around and walks out. And this was all reported to our Title IX compliance officer, everybody. Then the VP of academic affairs came in our practice, sat down at the table, witnessed his behavior, walked out to center court and approached him. He didn't even know who she was. He was upset at her. Then his assistant coach goes, do you know that she's second to the president? Then he changed his tune, but they keep doing what they're doing because they don't respect women. So the VP came right. down here, the VP of student services came down here and they were like, um, Alicia, we're working on this. The Title IX compliance officer said she can't do anything, that the district does not want her to intervene because I'm in litigation. I said, what are you talking about? There's violations and you're not helping me but says she won't intervene and help me at all. Um, but it doesn't surprise me because the chancellor has lawsuits for sexual harassment against him currently right now. And so if the chancellor has that, I mean, if you just look at our football coaches history, our men's basketball coaches history, just uh, it'll it's a, explain it's a, everything. It's a systemic problem. Carol Stiff, uh, former executive of ESPN for 31 years. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the support. You know, the other thing is that happened recently too, Alicia, that you, you uh, alluded to in a previous podcast with us is the meeting that you had after all of that. And so for those of you that are listening, this is just this year. <laughs> Go read the 43-page lawsuit that has not been amended yet on my website, thesportsdailypodcast.com. Click the Title IX link, and you'll read it. You won't believe the other stuff that has been taking place for more than two decades. This is just this year, and she's not even listing the litany of things that happen on a daily basis. And so Alicia went into a meeting this year with the VP and the men's coach, and this set him off. Um, and so why don't you tell that story again about how he called you a liar several times, and then the next day after practice is when the balls were violently thrown against the door. And now recently you just talked about how the boys are up on the mezzanine level. There's a mezzanine level in Riverside City College's gym. No one's supposed to be in the gym at all whatsoever until the 140 time slot is over, and they continue to intimidate and show up uh, before their time is permitted. So tell us about that meeting. So a meeting, um, we came together with the VP of Academic Affairs, who was directed by the interim president to have a meeting. It was a student code of conduct, the union rep, the dean of kinesiology, the athletic director, the men's head coach, and a men's assistant, and myself. And there was an entire equity update email um, that she was using for that meeting. And as soon as we got in this meeting room, the men's coach didn't even let her begin the meeting. And he says, we'll just be out of the gym. This meeting's a waste of time. And she said, well, just coach, just give me a minute. Coach Berber has concerns and we're going to go over those concerns. And then she looked at me and she says, would you like to talk about those? And 
of course I got nervous and I said, well, you have the email right there. And so she started reading all the different things. So he yells out, she's lying. She's a liar. So the union rep right away said, were you there? And that fueled him even more. And now he jumped up. Well, she's lying. She's lying. And the union guy said, were you there? I would caution you because she's your colleague and a full-time faculty member. And you're accusing her of something when you were not even there. And then he just started yelling and saying, you know, um, why are you trying to jam me up, man? Why are you trying to jam me up? He was screaming and yelling. And then he's pointing at all the other administrators, you and you and you. Um, I've, I haven't been up here and, you know, this is crazy. And I mean, he was just, his assistant coach had to hold him down and like calm him down. And then um, everybody was just yelling. And then the assistant coach was like, well, she came in our practice. And it just so happened the day before that meeting, I rushed out of the gym because I'm getting pushed out of the gym all the time. And I left my keys on the, on the scores table. So I was trying to sneak one of my players run and see if you see my keys. And I said, so I, I apologize. Yes. I went in there when your practice started, I was trying to get my keys so I can go home. And uh, that's all they had on me of my interruptions of their practice the whole season. And um, they were just irate. And, and then they came up with all these agreements that nobody's going to be on the mezzanine levels that um and then the men's coach started yelling i'll make sure that i'm not in there um even if somebody's dying and bleeding we won't go in there till 140 and then they memorialized this whole meeting in an email thursday morning of that week and talked about how the men's coach expressively stated that he would not be in there and that same day that that memorialized email came the men were slamming balls against the door like literally like you would throw a baseball, just slamming them and slamming them and telling me, hurry up and get out. And I walked over and I said, stop, you guys aren't coming in here. And then when I walked around, they were yelling at me in the hallway in front of my team. Why you got to be so mean? And I just, you know, and then administration says, well, why didn't you video it? Like, I, I'm not thinking in that moment, get my camera out. They're throwing balls at the door. Why I do you have to sit up there and 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 do all this extra to prove that there's harassment intimidation because they why do you need to do that i feel like the men's coaches other than the fact that yes there's a storied history of winning with football and but so i guess they're going to sell their soul to win basically instead of doing the right thing okay carol i uh, just wanted to see if you had any questions or if you're just here to support and listen that's wonderful as well. So where would you like to see things go from here, um, Alicia? What what can we do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to contact um, the chancellor's office, like Judy suggested, um, and continue to update everybody. Contact the Office of Civil Rights. Obviously, stay in touch with Judy. and, and Michael, uh, that's, a, that's a big thing. Civil rights, you get yeah. them involved in this? Oh, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It's going to straighten up a whole lot of, it's going to stop a lot of the madness, but a lot of the madness. I just, I just think that ooh, um, the lawsuit that you have on your, on your website, you know, when you, when you file a lawsuit, you know, obviously they call them allegations. They're all true. I have emails. Everything that you read in that lawsuit, I think everybody needs to understand that's real. And that happened when they made me coach out of a wheelchair 
when an AD was rubbing my leg to make sure I had a knee brace on, um, to the most recent finding gum on my car, to my coat, my car getting towed. Those are all real. Running you off the road. Running me off the road. Those are all real situations. So when people read this lawsuit, I know a, a few people like media people have said like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we want to see what happens. And it's like, okay, we'll see what happens. But this is, I, and I know people get nervous because I think a lot of times people read that lawsuit and they say, gosh, like how this is, it sounds so insane. Yeah, it sounds insane, but it's real and it happens. This isn't a lie. This isn't me making stuff up. It's real. So this morning, having to have, we just won our game at home last night to having to allow my student athlete to work out in the morning because she wants to get extra shots up to her being harassed by the men's coaches for no reason. She didn't do anything. They're mad at me. They're taking it personal, but now they're taking it out on my, on my student athletes. And so now when we're done with practice today, I have to endure another like you know how you say there's like 43 items who there's there's so many so many every day and I just want everybody to know it is real and so if anybody can just just spread the word because I used to just put my head down it's real I'll talk to anybody I appreciate how Carol had me on her show and um how you're doing these podcasts and if anybody wants to hear the stories to Howard Megdell from the WNBA posting the real stories of the athletic director having porn on his computer, who has a lifetime pass here. He has a lifetime parking pass. And he nicely resigned. And I just want people to understand that it's real. It's not, it's not pretend. It's, it's not um, false allegations. It's real. Well, you know, and I, I, I got to stop you, Coach, on this one thing. Um, I want you to know we have your back. We have your back. And the more they act up is because they're nervous, because they know there's a reckoning coming. And it's only a matter of time. And you can only lie so much. You can only hide so much. But I'm telling you, and I promise you this, their time is coming. It's coming. Hey, Carol. Hi, Carol. Hey, Carol. Well, I have no idea what you're going through, Alicia. I have, you know, I, I've never been in that situation. So um, we need to get you heard. Um, and I think that's what's next here. And the podcast is great. Um, just wondering if I could get a copy of the podcast or a link to it and send it back over to the national uh, media outlets that. I, I dialed in and, and called to and sent over the Title IX lawsuit. So that's that's one to do I can do immediately if you can help me out with the link. Michael, do that. Oh yeah, I will. I always send it out. Um okay. I just edit I just edit some of the stuff out like the coughing and the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll get, get it done today. You know, um, Alicia, I, you know, it's it's tough to be mindful, like you said, every day to put your energy into your team. Uh, but you've done that gracefully and beautifully. I've said this before with Cheryl both times, and this will be a third time. There's no way that she or I would have been able to handle the situation, uh, not only in the short term, but in the long term, the way that you have. And they don't deserve you. Uh, no, they don't. And yeah. Michael, you know what? Let's not let's not forget. She may be a coach. 
She definitely, well, she is a coach. She has her players. She's a mom. She's right. got two kids. She's a mom and a wife. And you don't think that's greatly affecting that whole dynamics? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, uh, you know, you're trying to be the best version of yourself every day. And the accumulation of something, not only on a daily basis, but a weekly basis or a monthly basis, you can tell yourself all you want that you want to give everything you have and, you know, be mindful. But it's it, it takes a lot out of you. And it has. Right. You've had several surgeries. You know, you've had PTSD. Uh, you've lost your house. So it's it's been a, a whole uh, litany of synergistic things that have happened to you that have not been always positive, but negative. Um, and you're fighting through all those things still. And, you know, even if there is a conclusion to this in terms of the lawsuit, it's still going to take a long time to heal from this, even if there are changes at the college. Absolutely. Absolutely, Michael. And so that's why we need to all make sure that we continue to support you emotionally, uh, mm -hmm. showing up at games, whatever whatever it is, sending a text, you know, whatever it is, just to, to help her to get through this, because I can't imagine Absolutely. A, a day of it let alone, you know, what you've had to deal with. Uh, Elizabeth Galloway McQuitter, uh, president of Legends of the Ball, member of the Chicago Hustle of the original W, the WBL, the Women's Basketball League, is joining us here today. Also, uh, she's working, but she wanted to pop in and, and show her love and support for Alicia as well. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. I don't know if you can come off your mute, but, uh, but again, thanks for joining us. Anything else, Judy? Mary? I just want to something. Alicia's case is an extreme, but women coaches throughout the country have been subjected to right. maybe not as dramatic or drastic of right. situations. Mm -hmm. The difference in Alicia's case is she hasn't backed down. She's right. been persistent. There are so many women that have left the profession kind of harassment. Sure that they experience. And I don't want yep. to lose sight of that. So this is right. for Alicia. This is for women coaches who have had to leave their jobs because they couldn't endure. And it's amazing that Alicia has been able to persist and put up with this for as long as she has. So, Absolutely. you know, Alicia, I just want you to know something. Um, you have such a tremendous circle of people who are going to hold you up. And there's times where, you know what, you may not be able to stand up, but we got you. We got you. And when you don't think you can fight, we'll fight for you. Just know that. Know that. I appreciate the sentiments of both of you. Absolutely. Uh, Doug emailed me. Doug Feinberg from the Associated Press said he's going to pursue the story further. So I just wanted to notate that. Um, that's great. That's super. Jim, anything that you want to share? Uh, again, it's it's great to have, and I you know uh, I say this because it's important to have allies in every space. Um, but you know when women are being marginalized and there's misogyny going on and abuses and harassment and people are doubling down on it instead of making adjustments and changes. It doesn't sound Everybody so hard. makes mistakes, Michael, but look, I, before, before I'm not going to like, I just want to say like one thing. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Because you are, you are probably the one to 2% of men who give a damn and who listen and who will voice out. So thank you so much for giving 
the women a platform. So thank you. You're my hero. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, like Don't I make said, me cry before, now. Don't make me cry. Don't make well, me cry now. I wouldn't necessarily call me a hero, but you know, I'm just trying to be a bridge and an ally. But I, I really appreciate the sentiments. Well, I'll make you laugh. Like I said, uh, previous podcast, I'm so glad that Judy didn't hire me at UCSD <laughs> in 1990 because I wouldn't be here if she had. <laughs> so the, I have a question. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah. I, I want to know how we can support you and your student athletes. Is there any way we could um, support them with our programs, with um, just mentorship and support? And I don't know, Tiffany, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So for one, I want to say um, I'm so grateful, Alicia, to to be able to be here supporting you, hearing your story. It upsets me. It angers me. Um, I have a lot going on in my head right now, but one, I want to say thank you for your courage and your resilience. You shouldn't have to be resilient in this way, but women often are. And I want to thank Coach Liz. She's not uh, able to talk probably, but Coach Liz connected us via email um, a couple months ago. And I'm grateful for the opportunity for us to meet, um, you know, virtually in person. And it must be so hard to one go through this, but also to be the student athletes watching their idol, their mentor, their coach um, go through this. And then the messaging, like this woman is helping me become my better self and they're tearing her down. So really that's my inspiration is what can we do for those? Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. You preach, you preach it to the choir right now. You preach it to the choir. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, can I say one thing, Alicia, while you gather your thoughts? Yes. Yeah, one of the things that lies by being somewhat of an influencer on social media, aside from the uh, the hateful uh, comments that I get constantly because of the stance uh, and the stances that I take is, you know, phone calls to the college and putting pressure directly to offices at the college. And if they are inundated with calls either to the athletic department or the president's office. Um, I've done it and I have seen follow-up videos from these people that ask people to either call their Congress people, their senators or college presidents or athletic directors that it, those things make a difference. So if you're listening to this and you're appalled, like we are about this kind of thing, call Riverside city college and express your displeasure and say enough is enough, not anymore, and that change needs to happen immediately. And so there, you know, Judy talked about a letter writing campaign. Uh, you know, there's other things that we're going to do, but it, you know, well, there are strength in numbers. I've talked about this before with the WNBA. You can't tell me that 144 women of the WNBA can force an owner out and change two elections when Raphael Warnock was polling at 9% when the WNBA got involved. And he won the election in large part because of a T-shirt, because of a T-shirt. And if you think that <laughs> shit doesn't matter, it does. It absolutely does. And we've seen it from Lance Armstrong, despite his mistakes and, and a wristband to T-shirts. And there are ways that you can uh, start a movement. And, you know, even though we're in the 50th anniversary, you know, you all in this space uh, longer than I have been will tell the world that we're nowhere near as where we need to be. <clears throat> in so many ways on so many levels and the layers are still systemic in nature and completely unacceptable 
And mm -hmm. uh, Judy, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to add that since the school hasn't been responsive, I mentioned this earlier, needs to go higher up. And the higher up is the two, the chancellor or president, whatever that right. title is. And when they start getting inundated with phone calls, letters, they're going to say, what the heck's going on at Riverside City College? We are tired of these phone calls, and this needs to stop. So let's not mess with Riverside City College. Let's go to the top. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I mean, because I've gone to everybody that I can possibly go to. What makes it even harder is that our chancellor's son played on the men's basketball team. So he's buddies <laughs> with the coach. And I I feel like, right. I mean, I've already exhausted. Everybody on this campus now knows. And I wear this shirt to my games. And I know I'm not supposed to like, well, it's my thought process of dressing professionally and not in a t-shirt, but this is a whole different type of t-shirt. And every time I wear this shirt around campus, it just makes everybody, you could just tell it just makes them uncomfortable. They should be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that my student athletes, well, a couple of them just in the short week so far, um, one of them was sitting on the bench with me last night as they're getting ready to shooting around, you know, pregame. And she says, coach, you just need to get rest. You look so tired. And, you know, one of my other, my other players, coach, you look so stressed every day. And it, and it makes me mad to hear that. Like I get mad because I, I try to, uh, Hey, good morning. Let's go. Let's practice. And I don't, I don't like them to see that. And, uh, one of them shared with me, coach, you know, we're seeing more now. So they went to the men's game that was local San Bernardino Valley college. And she was upset because she saw our athletic trainers supporting the men when they don't go to our games on the road, like they don't go to our games and do the training thing on the road, but on their free time or whatever, they went to go support the men. And she saw that. And she said a few choice words that I won't repeat. And, um, and she said, you know, coach, it makes me so mad. And I said, you should be mad. And so now I'm thinking of a way to approach the athletic trainer today in practice and say, no matter how uncomfortable, what I'm about to tell you, you need to hear this because you're a woman and these student athletes trust you to take care of them and they see you supporting the men, but you don't support them. So now I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell her that because I'm not going to hold this back anymore. And, um, and our athletic trainer refuses to wear this shirt. Any athletic administration refuses to wear this shirt. It started with our protest game, but then it, became adopted by the um, Women's Basketball Association that we're in. And so now it's a Women in Sports Day. And so now coaches are calling me and I'm sending them shirts and I'm still doing it out of plastic tin in my, in my, in my office and, um, and sending these shirts and we're, do, we're celebrating the 50 years of Title IX, but it's going to be for, for years to come. So when you, when you ask, how can you support us, um, wear the shirt, talk about it, um, if Tiffany, Mary, er everybody that's here, you know, if, if you want to read the lawsuit and ask me more questions and you want me to tell people that may not believe it, I mean, I will, I will tell them, you know, I will, I will tell them the truth. I will, you know, I, I try to try to be as much as they're not mindful of destroying me. I try to be mindful of not saying people's names 
because I do realize people have families. It was really hard for me to do the first lawsuit against that first athletic director because I knew his wife and I knew his kids. And I just, I, I'm just mindful of, of people's families, even though they could care less about mine. I guess just the biggest thing is just get it out there nationally. I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful. I will go home and think about today. I'm just grateful. Yeah. Well, uh, like uh, Cheryl said, we are banding together and there are strength in numbers. Jim, anything that you want to do to, I know you're in full support of Alicia. You know, you, you were there at the Title IX event along with uh, your co-owner, uh, Jennifer Echeverria, um, owner of Kelly Strong. Uh, they have a store here in San Diego and in, they carried the shirt that you see her and I wearing uh, in the store and they've sold out. Yeah, we need to get more of those. We need yeah, to get more of those. It was I a got good, a whole ton for you. It was a good seller. Hey, Cheryl, I finally figured it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, thanks for doing this. This is a, a great uh, uh, support for the for the cause, if you will. And, and Alicia, you know, you're going through trials and tribulations. Very tough Oof. to watch. Mm -hmm. So, it uh, you're doing good though. You're holding you're holding up. At the end of the day. Um, I think the whole thing needs to be changed over there, you know, and I know you're very accommodating to this person because of their family. And I get all that. That's, that's an honorable thing to do, but it sounds like a big fraternity and it's pretty, uh, I'm not a big fraternity guy. So uh, they're deep all the way, you know, whether it's the AD, the president, the council, it sounds like it's a, I assume they're all guys. So I'm going to say it's a good old boys club or it's a, it's just a fraternity it a, there. Yeah, yeah. Is it 100% guys? I'm from, I'm from Riverside. It is yeah. a good old boys. Yeah, and the and roots it, are so deep. And you're right about that. It's, it's got to go. It's got to go. Because so the more you build the presence nationally and locally, there'll be enough pressure that people are like, hey, we have to change this. So I don't know who the person is. Is it the chancellor? Or it probably goes higher than that. It's got to be where the city is is like we have a huge problem over here there has to be a change it, it has to be forced change they're never going to change on their own it's just not going to happen so no matter don't uh, even don't even try to get them to change because they're not going to change it's uh -huh. like it's a broken record and it's like so now you have to force the change from outside coming in and at the end of the day i think everything needs to they all need to go away <laughs> so there needs to be an overhaul of the system and new mm -hmm. people put in place, maybe it's a lawsuit that causes that, but it, I think, Mike, it, it also comes down to public pressure is an amazing thing. Right. So you put public pressure on where people are like, we have to acknowledge this, and I'm not sure who that person or group is. Is there a board of Jim, it's got to be the council. It's got to be council well, people. The it's board of council people, council women. But the board of trustees, but it doesn't matter. Let me, let me share with you all of this in Riverside. Yeah, they won't put it in the local papers. They okay. blocked everything. It's Jim. It's so deep here in Riverside. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of families that will support us and support me. And that protest game was amazing. But it's so deep. The fraternity from the first lawsuit. The reason the first lawsuit was quickly settled because that athletic director was sharing porn with city officials, and wow. they're so deep. And I don't, I don't know 
How so they all kind of grew up together, I assume, yes. Cheryl, right? Okay. The corruption, Cheryl. Oh, the corruption is like, it's awful. It's so, awful. So how high up does it need to go to make a change? Like, all the who, way. It has I, to go to the chancellor's office, if that's the right term. The CEO but, of all the community colleges. Got it. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you got to get outside of Riverside. Yes. Correct. Correct? So that's it's why my go. attorney, that's why my attorney is from LA because when I my first lawsuit, I didn't know any better. And I was asking attorneys around here, and oh no, my aunt went to RCC and my uncle, and I can't take this case, and we won't, and that nobody would do the right thing. And then I went even as far as Orange County, and they said you have to even go further than that. And that's how I ended up with an attorney in LA. Okay. I don't know if you guys are uh, Thanks, fans of uh, Tulsi Gabbert, but she was just talking about uh, uh, the infringements on Title IX on on TV last night. And I so, I, I don't know, she, you, you might want to, I think you need to pull in anybody who's supporting Title IX that has some juice. And exactly, the, the, the more power you got. And not, exactly. And somebody who likes to go for the gut, like they will snatch that living heart out of their chest. That's right. what they need to do. You need you need a bulldog. Daisy Gonzalez, a woman, was appointed interim chancellor in August 2022 by the California Community College's Board of Governors. Dr. Gonzalez. So that's the person that needs to get all the pressure. So she Correct. she's like, oh wow, I have to. There's something going on here. We have to make a change. Because mm -hmm. you don't. If I'm in Riverside, I don't want anybody outside digging into my business. So as soon as she or yes. comes in and starts digging in, they're gonna they're gonna unveil a Pandora's box. True that. She has a very interesting background, and you would hope. Here's one thing: her leadership as interim chancellor continues to break barriers. She is the first Latina and only the second woman to serve in the role. She works to empower students through her focus on equity and commitment to ensure students are at the center of every discussion and decision. That's who we need to be contacting. There it is. Like it. Like it. Uh, anything else for the good of the cause? Congrats on the win yesterday, Alicia. I was saying it was a little rough, but we got the W. It was right. a little rough. Our defense was a little suspect last night. But you got the dough. You got the dough. Yeah. You got Santa Ana coming up this weekend, right? For uh, yeah, so we leave tomorrow um, to play San Diego City at two o'clock at Santa Ana College. So we have a three-day tournament. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, I think we all need to send a letter to Dr. Gonzalez. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done here. Okay. Appreciate that. Well, again, uh, Elizabeth, uh, thank you for uh, jumping on. She, Elizabeth uh, messaged me and said, uh, "Stay strong, Eliz uh, to Alicia." Um, thank and, you. And so she will. Uh, just reach out to any one of us if you're having a hard day. Um, Cheryl, in particular, she'll definitely uh, get you fired up and give you a boost of energy. I don't know. About well, me. you guys, you guys need to talk me off the uh, the cliff because I ain't got a problem going down there and knocking somebody the hell out. And that's the truth because I had to hold her back. I literally had to hold her back at the golf tournament we went to here. She was headhunting people, and I said, "Please, God, don't, don't do it." Michael, I'm old school because all you gotta do is look at me cross-eyed. Right. Hey, I feel you on that one. But I'm not a violent person. I'm not a violent person. Hey, Coach Burr, we got you. Just know we got you. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah and, and so I don't know about the lawyer situation, but you know, um, I I I would put pressure on him to say, look, I I can't sit around. You know, you need to start being impatient. I think, and say, I need this amended mm -hmm. immediately. I need this to be submitted immediately, and <laughs> someone's going to take the case and and uh, expedite. Seriously, if he if, if he's not if he's not up for the fight, get out the ring. Get out the ring. Yeah. So you need somebody who's going to be a bulldog. And if he's not the one, you don't need a chihuahua. You want a bulldog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for uh, joining us today, all of you uh, here. And for those of you watching and listening, please spread the word. Don't remain silent. If you don't think this applies to you or your nieces or your it's wives. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter daughters, of time. Um, it, it absolutely applies to every woman and girl out there. So again, thank absolutely. you for today and the Sports Delay. I'll leave you thank with you. this uh, uh, from Nobel Peace Prize winner, Maria Ressa. Without facts, you can't have truth. And without truth, you cannot have trust. And I'll take it a step further. Without trust, you can't have truth. Until next time, Ooh. much love, everybody. Thank you. Oh, preaching. Good luck. Preaching, Michael. Keep preaching. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today, everybody. Powerful podcast. Um, those aren't fake tears. Uh, Alicia's trying to hold it together and remain strong when she's telling some of these testimonials and these stories. And it just comes from the background to the foreground real quick when you have an accumulation of 20 plus years of Title IX violations, uh, sexual harassment, retaliations, daily abuses, and manipulations, and uh, I, I can't imagine it myself. Fearing for your safety, fearing for your player's safety, taking its toll on your family, uh, I just can't imagine it. So again, please don't remain silent, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And reach out to Daisy Gonzalez at the State Chancellor's Office here in California. Call Riverside City College to the Athletic Department and to the president's office. And we need uh, as many people as possible to join in on this fight because it matters to not only Alicia, but to all the girls and women out there. Thanks again, everyone. Much love. Peace out. Boy, that was phenomenal. Great job and much love to everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co. 40 Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand. And they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible. 
and uh, they have my full support. And also wanted to remind all of you, if you're having a tough time, you can always call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that number is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. And now you can call 988. That's it. All you got to do is dial 988 from any phone. And they are available 24-7, 365 days a year. And if you want to follow me on social media or check out other episodes of this amazing Sports Deli podcast or any of my other podcasts, go to my link tree at linktree backslash Mike Hootner. And if you'd like to support us at the Sports Deli, we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or feel free to make a donation monthly, either 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. If you have uh, questions about that, Send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, You can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Link at the bottom to support the show. Please check Check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Make sure that we continue the conversations with regards to three strikes and you're out and mandatory minimums, especially people that are in jail for nonviolent offenses. So those things need to change. And remember, gents and ladies, please remember to do your monthly self-breast examinations. And remember, guys, this afflicts about 1,500 men annually with about a third of those resulting in death. So we want to make sure that we do our monthly self-breast examinations, both men and women. And guys, remember to do your self-testicular examinations every month as well. Until next time, remember it takes a village. I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember it takes a village. Much love, everybody.